live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. How are you? Welcome on this Tuesday, April 18th, the year 2023. Hope you're having a spectacular day. Thanks so much for making us a part of it as we're here for two hours each and every day from two to four. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction, and they are where we are. And there is where Delta Media is. And there is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, you can see us on television as we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, it's a Tuesday night, and the number one ranked LSU baseball team will be hosting Matt Deggs and UL Lafayette. First pitch is 6.30. The game will be streamed live on SEC Network Plus. You can listen to the ball game right here on 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. The Cajuns uh, are fast. They're fourth. In the nation with 105 steals, it'll be interesting to see what success they have running on LSU catcher Alex Malazzo. UL's going to send right-hander Carson Fluno to the mound for his first career start. And uh, LSU, Javen Coleman will get the start. He hasn't pitched in quite some time um, since uh, getting injured. And having his Tommy John surgery, they didn't know when exactly he would return, but he th- he looked in the bullpen and was throwing, and they're going to give him the ball tonight. So always fun when the Tigers and the Cajuns get together. Uh, all that bad blood from years and years ago has subsided thanks to um, pulmonary and the late Tony Robichaux, they put that behind them. Uh, and the same thing will hold true with Jay Johnson and Matt Degg. So it'll be fun. We'll hear from both coaches uh, coming up later on in the program. LSU ranked number one in the nation after winning four or five games last week, including the series win over then number 12, Kentucky. Other SEC teams in D1 baseball's top 25 include Florida at number three, Vanderbilt at number four, Arkansas at five, South Carolina six, Kentucky number 13. The, The thing you must notice about that 
LSU's already played Arkansas. They've already played South Carolina. They've already played Kentucky. None of those teams are on LSU's remaining schedule. All five of LSU's remaining regular season SEC opponents are unranked this week, including the defending national champion Ole Miss Rebels, who LSU faces in Oxford this weekend. Um Again, we'll hear from Jake Johnson. We'll hear from Matt Deggs on their thoughts about each other and about this game. LSU returned to the practice field, uh, the football practice field today. They'll go join it again on Thursday before concluding spring practice with the annual spring game this Saturday. Um, we will hear from Matthew Bruni, who was at practice this morning, just to kind of get a feel for this football team in general. Football Scoop reports that LSU is back to full strength in its personnel department after losing Corey Phillips to Colorado and head coach Deion Sanders earlier this year. John Bryce writes that Brian Kelly and director of player personnel Will Redman are bringing in Jeremiah Bogan to serve as the Tigers' assistant director of player personnel. He played collegiately. He served most recently as Liberty University's director of scouting. Uh, before that, he was um, under head coach uh, Pat Narducci and the Pittsburgh Panthers program, serving in the recruiting department there. Also in football recruiting news, LSU has an extended an offer to transfer offensive lineman Emmanuel Pregnon of Wyoming. He's only 66318, one of the most highly coveted prospects in the portal. Um, he redshirted his first year at Wyoming, became a starter in 2022 at right guard, graded out as the number three guard in the Mountain West, according to Pro Football Focus, and earned freshman All-American status. So trying to bulk up that that offensive line. There you go. While LSU and UL will be on the diamond, the LSU softball team takes a break from SEC play. It's going up to Lake Charles to face a McNeese team that has been on a roll of late. LSU beat McNeese 6-2 on March 21st, but since then, the Cowgirls have won 13 of their last 15 games, including six in a row. They're very hard to beat at their own place. They're 14 and one at home. LSU looking to bounce back from a series loss against Auburn this past weekend. So softball prevalent and good to see the lady cowgirls doing their thing. Um, great news on the NFL front. Um, just three months after that de just devastating hit Bill's safety Damar Hamlin has been fully cleared to return to playing football Hamlin saw his last specialist Friday he's in attendance and participating in voluntary workouts with the Bills this week this comes three and a half months after Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest during the first quarter of the January 2nd regular season Monday night football game against the Cincinnati Bengals so congratulations my gosh, that is just absolutely awesome, awesome news. The NBA playoffs uh, resume tonight uh, with a whole bunch of games on tap. Uh, last night, 
as expected, the Philadelphia 76ers, after a slow start, uh, beat the Brooklyn Nets 96-84. Philadelphia leads that best-of-seven series two games to none. And the Sacramento Kings aren't going anywhere. With De'Aaron Fox with 24, Dematis Sabonis with 24, Malik Monk off the bench with 18. Once again, they beat the Golden State Warriors 114 to 106. The big news in the game, the knucklehead. I love him as a player, but my goodness gracious, he cannot keep his emotions in check. Draymond Green, flagrant two ejected from the ball game it was uh it was a close ball game in the fourth quarter draymond green gets gets kicked out with about seven minutes to go and the warriors end up losing by eight 114 to 106 it's not the first time this has happened it won't be the last time draymond green still uh lets his emotions get the better of him <clears throat> and it definitely affects his ball club Definitely does. So, um, <laughs> Sacramento, light the beam, baby. Light that beam. They lead two games to none, meaning the defending champs have to win four of five to survive and advance. Whew. Good luck on that. Today, uh, the Celtics will try to take a two games to zip lead over the Atlanta Hawks from top to bottom. The, the most talented team and with the most depth, I believe is the Boston Celtics. Uh, Cleveland looks to bounce back tonight as they take on the New York Knicks. Tom Thibodeau's club with a one zip lead. Jalen Brunson was sensational in game one and the Suns will try to even their series with the LA Clippers tonight in Phoenix. That's the late game of three tonight. Um, look for Kevin Durant to become much more aggressive and get more shots up the last five minutes of the game. He didn't take a shot. Didn't take a shot. And the Clippers behind Kawhi Leonard and that group, uh, even despite not having Paul George on hand, they took game one. So I look for the Celtics to take a two-zip lead. I think the Cavaliers bounce back and tie it. And I think the Suns bounce back and tie their series. So um, there you have it. Let me tell you what we have coming up on the program today. I mentioned we'll hear from Jake Johnson and Matt Deggs about the ball game tonight. Matthew Bruni will join us after that. We'll talk LSU spring football and other things as well. The top um, recruit, the top um, prospect in the portal of women's college basketball is on LSU's campus today. Former Louisville point guard Haley Van Lith is at LSU for her official visit, according to a source familiar with Van Lith's recruitment. A two-time All-Atlantic Coast player with the Cardinals, Van Lith has one season to play as a grad assistant. She chose Louisville over Baylor. So Kim Mulkey recruited her. She has a good relationship with her. Um, all the 
all the major networks rank Van Lith as the number one women's player in the transfer portal. LSU signed a four-star freshman point guard in Angelica Velez from the Webb School in Tennessee. They want to keep backup point guards Katiri Poole and Last-Tier Poa, who um, time and time again came through throughout the course of the season. But LSU needs to replace the ball handling skills and the scoring ability of Alexis Morris, who is now with the WNBA's Connecticut Sun. Um, Van Litt is 5'7", a native of Wenatchee, Washington. She led Louisville in scoring at 19.7 points per game, added 3.2 assists, 4.5 rebounds. Her club, the Cardinals, reached the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament, losing to Iowa 97-83. Of course, we all know that Iowa went to the finals before falling to LSU 102 to 87. She was a McDonald's All-American coming out of high school, was the number seven ranked prospect in 2020. She's a lefty, can handle, can shoot it. If she comes to LSU, shut it down, forget it. LSU's going after another national championship and will be the favorite to do so. She's good. Don't ever count Kim Mulkey out. So, um, our number two, Doug Bell, friend of mine, PGA Tour Radio, will join us from New Orleans and the Zurich Classic. Get his thoughts on the tournament. And it's a Tuesday, which means it's time for the Black and Gold Report with the Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Next week is the draft. What are the Saints going to do? We'll get his ranking of the quarterbacks. I think um, Bryce Young's going to go number one. I'm, I am telling you, three, four years down the road, Will Levis is going to be a hell of a quarterback. He's going to be better than C.J. Stroud. You're going to say, what? You can't, Trust me. I'm telling you, Will Levis is going to be a dude in the NFL. There you go. All right, we'll take our first time out of the day. We'll talk LSU-UL baseball when we return after these very important messages. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets. Over 60 in southern and central Louisiana. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, I'm telling you, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks. Cleaning America's air from the inside out. Get that dryer vent cleared out. Yeah, you take the thing out and you take it off, you put it back in, but what about the exhaust that goes outside the outside your house? That thing is clogged up. It's running your electric bill higher. It's wear and tear on your dryer. Get it clean out ducks are the pros by eon of lafayette baton rouge and mandeville miss tara is the best it is the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction by the louisiana lottery you can't win until you start playing and it's a lot of fun to play by DC's Little Capital Exxon. Everything under the sun in their store, including in the corner, their true soul food deli. So good. So fresh. Cooked to order. Best cheeseburger ever. And by Cajun Chef. Do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. 
Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's always fun with the Tigers and the Cajuns meet, and tonight they will uh, renew a rivalry at Alec Box Stadium. First pitch, 630, uh, right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Um, Cajuns enter the game 25 and 12, 10 and 5 in the Sun Belt with an RPI of 77. It's an opportunity for the Cajuns to get that RPI in a more reasonable fashion to do so they have to beat the number one team in the country lsu who's 29 and 6 overall 9 and 5 in sec play with an rpi of three rpi of three here's head coach matt deggs uh, talking about the tigers and the cajuns it's good for the state of louisiana well, anytime you've got multiple really good teams in your state, that's going to drive the, the sport way up, and you've got a number one team down the road. Uh, I think we were as high as 28 last week. Uh, there's just a lot of good baseball in this state, and it's an opportunity for two uh, you know, crazed fan bases, for lack of a better word, to, to get together and have a three-hour party. Uh, you know, like Coach Herb Brooks said, uh, Great moments are born out of great opportunities, and uh, it's a great opportunity for us tomorrow night. Uh, I just want us to get over there and play fast, hard, and loose, fill up the strike zone, make the plays, and compete at the dish, and then we'll see what happens. Of course, uh, tomorrow night, meaning tonight, as we got Matt Deggs uh, yesterday, um, it's another midweek game. It's out of conference. It's the number one team in the country, but does the message change for LSU, Matt? Well, it, it doesn't change. I mean, they have a, a great offense. And, uh, you know, Jay does a tremendous job over there. He's a great offensive mind. He's one of the best in our game. Uh, and he's got a lot of bullets over there. And so you, the, the biggest thing is you're going to give some stuff up. And it was the message yesterday. Make it a solo shot. And, you know, make it one run, not three, not four. Uh, and you do that by limiting freebies. No hit batters, no walks, challenge the strike zone, be able to pitch off your fastball, depend on your guys, let the boys play behind you. And Because uh, we've proven we'll pick it up and field it. I think we're 983 or 4 in the league and close to 980 overall. And so uh, make them hit it. Hitting's tough. I don't care you know how good you are. Uh, it's tough. And uh, the best are hitting, you know, 300 in the big leagues and so there's 70% chance somebody's going to make a play you're going to get them out uh, so you got to attack the strike zone and uh, fill it up and you're going to give up some stuff and you got to be okay with that get it back to the offense let the boys hit there you go um, on the other side of the ledger Jake Johnson uh, this LSU baseball team has won every SEC series they've played in uh, but of uh, current tendencies have people concerned too many walks too many hit by pitches and too many errors here's Jake Johnson on those self-inflicted wounds yeah I think um, we always focus on the play and you know it's it's obviously results business but for us how we get the result actually matters to us and so like we actually have a saying that uh 
we don't accept in winning what we wouldn't accept in losing. And so when you're playing the schedule that we've played, when you make some of those mistakes, they're just going to get magnified and they're going to cost you a game. That's what happened on Saturday. You know, we made uh, three errors and we walked a good number of guys. You know, we've walked some guys, made it harder on ourselves and still won games, but it doesn't make the walks okay, you know. Um, So we're just going to work on it. You know, like uh, today's practice plan is designed to, hey, we're going to refresh a couple of these things, make sure it's tighter. And, um, you know, when we play well, this team knows they're going to win when they play well. So we always just try to bring it back to the – the play and execution. You know, the whole game is about execution. And, um, you know, we just try to get better at it. Got to get better at that. And you got to get better consistency out of your bullpen. A lot of injuries here and there. We told you Javen Coleman will be back in action for the first time in over a year after his Tommy John surgery. Uh, but Jake Johnson touched upon the inconsistencies out of his bullpen. Yeah, I mean, you want to eliminate the free bases. I think if you have less than six free bases a game between walks hit by pitches, stolen bases, you give yourself a great chance to win. I look at it a little bit differently. I look at the two-lane game on Tuesday where I think we actually pitched better than our numbers and we won. I think the, the key to Saturday's game was with the exception of one inning, all of those innings stayed to one run. And we left guys on base, which we were the masters of that last year. Like, that's how we survived the season of keeping innings at one run. Um, In in a high leverage game, uh, Saturday's game was the best job we did at that. And um, so I actually look at the bullpen and go like, it's actually not a bad performance last week, you know, given some of the circumstances to execute. um, And they can be better. And that's exciting. Like, um, you know, I, I don't think there's a couple guys that are maybe as far away as like the numbers appear and we have the right plan, you know, and, and we'll keep doing what we're doing to get them better. And, um, you know, to be sitting in this position where there's only one team in the country that's lost fewer games than us um, in the entire country and, um, you know, to have this room to get better, you love you love that as a coach. You sure do. Uh, here's Jake Johnson talking about uh, the Raging Cajuns, who they'll face tonight at 6.30. Yeah, uh, watched both games, the doubleheader live yesterday. Um, kind of like the Thursday to Saturday thing a little bit more now. Um, I mean, get two TVs in my office at home, and it's like ULL's on one TV and Ole Miss is on the other TV. Um, they are awesome at what they do. I think it's they're just like Kentucky. They're the fastest team I've ever seen in the history of college baseball. Like, every single guy, like they could probably place in the four by 100 relay in the Sunbelt conference track and field thing. Um, and they have a, a style and um, they do a good, they do a really, really good. And Matt's a good coach coached against him a long time, happened to play in the NCAA tournament a few times. So um, good little rival. They have a good team. They have a really good team. They'll compete. I think they are competing for that, that championship and a um, little banged up uh, right now with a couple of their key players, as well but uh yeah they're they're an awesome opponent this is one when the schedule comes out like you look at okay who are we playing around ull because i have so much respect for them you know both coaches uh highly respectful of the other their teams and their cohort in the in the dugout uh he mentioned some key players out for ul one key player out for lsu is gavin dugas who's having a heck of a year at second base he he reached out and and dove for 
a, a ball and you could see him writhing in pain. Jay Johnson talked about his possible return. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I mean, he's tough and, you know, these, these fans and people all love him because of how hard he plays and how competitive he is. And, I mean, it's treatment. It's around the clock. Um, you know, he's going to going to try to take some ground balls today. Um, you know, there's nothing structurally wrong, and um, that's good. Um, you know, he's a big, strong guy that landed on one side of his body. So, I mean, if he was a small guy that didn't have as much weight and strength on him, maybe it wouldn't have hurt as bad at the time. But I think we, we dodged a bullet. But it's, it's going to be can he tolerate swinging, throwing, fielding, and I don't know the answer to that yet. And you take out a, a three three forty batting average out of the lineup. Um, he started thirty one of thirty three games. Um, that that's tough. Uh, that's tough to handle. Um, so and he's been perfect in the field. Uh, no errors at all. A thousand percent there. Dylan Cruz continues to lead with a five hundred batting average. Jared Jones, the freshman. 371. Tommy White, the SEC Player of the Week, hitting 366. Duga, 340. Trey Morgan, a very quiet 320. Braden Joe Bear at 305. And Jordan Thompson, just under the Mendoza line, batting 299. So um, LSU's at 22 errors on the season as compared to their opponents with 48, 48. So Javen Coleman uh, gets on the mound and that's, that's a great sign. We'll see. He's not going to pitch long. Um, and then LSU will go to their bullpen and by committee and, and go from there. Um, the only thing consistent for LSU baseball has been Paul Skeens. He's been terrific all year long with a 1.69 ERA um, and 104 strikeouts to only nine free bases. That's pretty impressive. All right, we'll take a quick time out here. When we come back, Matthew Bruni will give an update uh, from the Ponderosa. LSU spring football game is Saturday, and we'll talk about that. Plus, um, Matt McMahon getting some things done in the portal, and can Kim Mulkey get the pick of the litter yet again from the portal ASAP. All that and more after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is coming back in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your free tickets. The Rodeo, text Rodeo, R-O-D-E-O, to 337-283-8100. That's Rodeo to 337-283-8100. The Angola Prison Rodeo returns April 22nd and 23rd, and you can see all the excitement. Bull riding, wild horse racing, convict poker. Text Rodeo to 337-283-8100. And watch the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo, April 22nd and 23rd, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. 
All right, welcome back. Let's talk more about the Tigers um, with our good friend Matthew Bruni, who covers LSU for at Bengal Tiger on three, amongst many other things that he does. Good afternoon, Matthew. How are you? Good afternoon, Jordy. I'm doing great. Thank you for mm-hmm. asking. It's a, a little gloomy day, but, uh, you know, yeah. still spring in Baton Rouge and uh, spring ball is almost done. Spring ball's almost done. The spring game will be Saturday. The Tigers are back on the Ponderosa today. They'll be there Thursday as well. Um, you got to see a couple of things, but you got to talk to a very important person in new special teams coordinator, John Jancic. Everybody know from the season opener against Florida State till the season ending, the LSU's got a lot of mistakes to to clean up in that department. What what uh, what did you learn about John Jancic? What's his approach to special teams this year? Yeah, uh, John Jancic uh, obviously replaces Brian Pullian in the special teams role. Um, a lot was made over the offseason about how they were going to handle the special teams. Brian Polian, you know, was he going to stay? Was he going to go? He ended right. up moving to an off-field position. Uh, they moved Jancic into his role, but also as the outside linebackers coach, which makes it interesting because he's, you know, kind of going back and forth at times. You know, they have different designated times in practice for special teams and so on and so forth. But a lot of analysts, are helping out with the special teams as well. Uh, John Jancic, um, he's a, he's a veteran in the SEC. I believe this is his uh, fifth uh, stop in the SEC. Um, has been a defensive coach most of his career. Was a defensive analyst at LSU last year. Gets the promotion to outside linebackers coach and uh, obviously special teams as well. Has been. You know, as a defensive coach, you're often asked to do a lot of special teams, so he's very familiar with all that. Um, to me, he's he's looking at it as he used the word evaluation a lot, and I think mm-hmm. that's a comfortable way of looking at it to where you kind of go in there with a clean slate of being like, all right, last year was last year. We're going to go into this year evaluating everything top to bottom, and he said the details were really all that mattered. It wasn't anything – you know, the big picture, you know, they're not going to run anything too much different than they ran as far as special teams goes last year. It's all details. Right. So uh, that's kind of the, the picture I got from him. Uh, it's kind of the the little things with him, and he's going to go into this, this offseason. And he's been doing it this offseason, uh, just evaluating guys from top to bottom. Yeah, more attention to detail, I am sure. We're talking with uh, Matthew Bruni. Um, one good sign, I was told, Mason Smith, um, mm-hmm. a full participant for the first time since he suffered a season-ending ACL injury in Game 1 last fall. So you were there for that 20-minute period of individual periods. Um, you saw Mason Smith. That's great. Yeah, Mason Smith um... – Back on the field, I mean, obviously everybody knows how capable he is. It's kind of funny in the big, on the national scale, you see a lot of Makai Wingo, you know, preseason All-American, preseason SEC, which is great. He deserves it, but, you know, Mason Smith might even be uh, better than Makai Wingo, is, uh, which is a scary thought for SEC offensive line, having to block both of them. Um, yeah, you could tell he's kind of getting his feet under him, um, and I, I think – his explosiveness is obviously at that position in particular 
it's it's important to have your legs under you when you're coming off an ACL injury. Uh, and football in, gen- in general, obviously, it's, it takes time and everything, but you think about it, it's it's been, you know, since September, uh, and for him to get back on the practice field this quickly is, is very promising. I think yeah. the coaching staff knows what they have. The coaching staff, uh, we talked to Matt House throughout the offseason, and he's just like, you know, people kind of forget about getting Mason Smith back, and it changes the complexion of his defense. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see what he does as, in the spring game and just in the offseason in general. That's like they should include that in your recruiting classes, and LSU would move up significantly because it's like getting a new recruit back. Um, yep. He was back. Deshaun Womack was back. Uh, Matthew Langlois was back. And Greg Brooks. So it seems like these guys are getting healthy um, at, at the right time. That's good. Yeah, uh, the secondary was obviously the biggest concern um, for people just on the outside mm-hmm. looking in because – they were so thin, especially at the safety position when Brooks and Burns were limited and we weren't sure about the statuses of them. And then you had to plug in a bunch of freshmen and transfers in certain situations and stuff like that. But, yeah, it is good in the secondary, especially getting healthy. You mentioned Mason, we talked about Mason Smith. Um, I think overall as a defense, Matt House kind of knows what they want to do and they have the pieces to accomplish that. I do. I still think you know maybe if they try to go get another safety in the back end in the transfer portal, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know they moved Health Perkins to inside linebacker, which gives them more depth there, um, especially on the early downs. So overall, I think defensively is was really where our question marks were because offensively, I mean, there's there was, there's not too much to write home about except for the running back position, which was was um, shallow this spring. Oh, and the offensive yeah. line, I guess technically, but they're waiting on those freshman to get in there right uh they did offer uh extend an offer to emmanuel pregnon of wyoming a big 6'6 318 pounder you can't have enough of those guys uh they, they drop like flies they get hurt uh, obviously so you can't get enough enough of that and the and the other thing though i hadn't heard a peep about the quarterback position hardly at all all spring what, what are you seeing from garrett nussmeyer how's he doing I mean, it's it's a uh, there's really not too much to report. He looks as good as I thought he looked as a freshman okay. and a sophomore. And going into year three, it's more of the same. The ball jumps out of his hands. We know what he is and what he can do. Also, in the 20 minute we throughout the spring, we weren't able to see uh, full practices like we were last year. Right, and so we weren't able to see those 11 on 11 reps. Uh, so in the 20 minutes that we do have. At best, we're able to see, you know, kind of uh, quarterback to receivers on simple routes and stuff like that. Uh, so there's not a lot of evaluation going there. If anything, we've watched Ricky Collins, I think, closer than anybody just because mm-hmm. he's the new face there. And I think he looks pretty good, um, mm-hmm. I, even though there's room, plenty of room to grow. But, yeah, Nussmeyer and Daniels, both, we, we know what their focuses are over the offseason with Daniels pushing the ball down the field with Nussmeyer. It's making sure he has the decision-making um, honed in, and you kind of go in from there. But, yeah, nothing really new to report with the quarterbacks at this point. Why do you think that Brian Kelly opened things up the way he did prior to year one and why he has not done the same prior to year two? What, what's your thoughts there? 
There was a as as media we joked we were like, you know, he's letting us watch it last year. We said he's letting us watch it so that way if things go wrong we'll be like, hey, well, you know, we were there, we saw them, you know, install this, and the players didn't execute or something, you know, so that way he has a little bit of built-up credibility maybe with the media and how they portray him maybe like that. That's was okay. what we <laughs> theorized. But um, if nothing else, I think he's just maybe a little bit more confident uh, this year in that he doesn't have to earn the fans' trust anymore. He doesn't have to earn the media's trust anymore. He's, okay. he's done that. You won games, and that's really all that matters. And if, if he was coming off of maybe a six and six year or seven and five year, maybe he wants the media to go watch uh, practices so that way they can talk to the fans about okay. intricacies of Nussmeyer versus Daniels and this and that. But I think he's a very confident person, and he's a calculated person, and he says, all right, we have – all the attention of Baton Rouge right now after 10 wins, uh, we don't have to Makes do sense. anything. Yeah. Uh, with Makes the sense. Matthew Bruni uh, on BengalTiger3.com. Um, switching to basketball, Matt McMahon, boy, I tell you what, all the pressure in the world after what Kim Mulkey did in year two. Now here he comes, and he's he's got to hit that portal hot and heavy. I'm, I'm a – I'm a believer in Jalen Cooks. I've seen him play enough. I, that mm-hmm. dude can play. I think right from Vanderbilt, that gives you a solid veteran who's played a lot of ball games. I like that one. I don't know anything about the big seven-footer from Nevada, uh, but he talked about we need to get more size. What What do you assess from Matt McMahon so far? Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you. I like Jalen Cook, Cook a lot. If nothing else, they needed a lead guard that can create his own shot and create for others. Yeah. He was very yeah. high usage at Tulane, but obviously that's kind of the role they needed him in. He was still uh, pretty efficient, and so I'm interested to see him there. I like that pickup. I'm with you on Jordan Wright as well. 6'6", wing, um, would look very nice next to a guy like Tyro Ward. So you have a nice little uh, wing punch with him. Still some room in the transfer portal to add more wings and more guards. Yeah. Uh, but Will Will Baker transferred from Nevada, seven foot center, like you mentioned. Uh, I just wrote up a um, analysis piece on him, film study, whatever you want to call it, uh, where I went through, watched his games, highlighted clips, um, and looked at stats. In general, he was one of the more efficient big men in the country on offense, like mm. bar none, three pointers um, from from two. I think he was sixty two percent from three. He was thirty five and a half percent free throw line, eighty four percent. Um, on fairly high usage, so uh, you're getting an incredibly efficient big man on offense um, and a former top 30 recruit into the 2019 class. So, hmm. yeah, I really like Will Baker on offense. My questions with him are on defense. Um, I think he's blocked 16 shots in the last 65 games of his career, something like that. Uh, so kind of a ground-bound big, uh, just really uh, doesn't move great. So, when you add him and you add Jalen Cook, you're looking at hoping to score in the 80s, I think, uh, with this team. But there's still a lot of time left in, to add more guys in the portal. Is he comparable? And I, I, I have lost track of the of the young man's name, but the big seven-footer from Vanderbilt who was so effective okay. shooting from the three-point line, is he similar to that type of player? Yeah, Liam. Yeah, Liam Robbins from Vanderbilt. Um, yeah. He was all SEC caliber. Um, I think they have a lot of similarities. Uh, 
Baker might be a little bit more post-centric. Uh, Robbins um, shot a lot of threes and uh, did this, this and that. Baker only shot, I think, two threes per game, but he's capable, like like I said. Uh, the difference, the main difference for me and the reason why Liam Robbins at Vanderbilt was all SEC was because he blocked, I think, close to like yeah. two and a half shots per game. And that's, right. that, that defensive presence was the difference there. So that's what I'm interested in. McMahon knows Will Baker's not a defensive anchor here. So you have to get some wings and yeah. maybe even some guards that can keep guys out of the paint. And so you, don't, you can rotate better and be, be on a string. Matthew Bruni talking some hoops. And how about, I'm telling you, Kim Mulkey's going to get uh, this girl from Louisville, uh, Van Lith, I think her name is. She's yep. going to get her. Um, and, and they're going to be right back in the in the thick of things. <laughs> Haley Van Lith from Louisville. She's, I'm telling you, she's going to sign with LSU. You can book it. I mean, the beat goes on. No oh, man, that will be very, very fun. Twenty point per game square at Louisville. Basically an all American honorable mention. She's yes. visiting right now, so we'll see if if she ends up committing um this week at some point it would be huge, obviously, to replace Alexis Morris. And then uh there's been a little bit of smoke about this girl girl named Anissa Morrow, uh twenty point per game score at DePaul. Um ESPN has they're top 35 transfer portal players on the women's side. And mm-hmm. uh, Haley Van Lith is number one, and Anissa Morrow is number two. So uh, <laughs> they very well could have the top two transfers in the country uh, in, a, in a week or two. Golly, the beat goes on. Matthew Bruni, you are the best. Thanks for sharing all the knowledge. Um, really, really do appreciate it, buddy. You have a good uh, rest of your week. Enjoy that spring game. It's going to be a glorified scrimmage, and I don't put any value to it in any way. What's the one thing, real quickly, that you want to look at at the spring game? Uh, Harold Perkins, 100%. That's that's really go. what I'm here to watch. Harold Perkins at inside linebacker. Uh, John Jancic said he works with him mostly on third down, so it sounds mm-hmm. like they'll have third down packages with him. He's the one I want to look for. But, yeah, other than that, you're right, not a ton to pull from it, but I'm still ready to, to overreact. <laughs> You and uh, however many fans actually go to that thing, you're absolutely right. Um, Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate your time, buddy. Take care. Yep. Thanks, Jordy. Anytime. All right. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll wrap up our number one next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Borderlands Furniture, a flat screen TV from AVI, and more. It's the ultimate man cave makeover powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite. And of course, the game Southwest Louisiana sports station. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say. Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Yeah, we're back 55 minutes and some change as we wrap up our number one. Everybody talks about all the top quarterbacks coming up through the draft with Young and Stroud and Levis and uh, and others. There's a whole bunch of other quarterbacks out there. Um, I wonder if the Saints take a flyer on one down the road. Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. What about Stetson Bennett from Georgia? Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of Drew Brees, a little bit, just a little bit. Um, quick release, not the tallest, wins. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we saw Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA, very athletic quarterback. We, you know, there's there's a bunch out there. I wonder, and we'll talk. Jake Hayner from Fresno is one. Um, Max Duggan, who took his team to the national championship from TCU, uh, is one. Uh, Clayton Toon out of Houston is one. So there's a bunch of quarterbacks out there. I wonder if the Saints, third round, fourth round, take a flyer on one. We'll talk about that with with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. Uh, We'll start hour number two heading to uh, Avondale across the river from New Orleans, which is where the Zurich Classic will begin on Thursday. Brian Kelly got in a round of golf yesterday with former Tiger uh, Ben Taylor. Presented Ben with a uh, LSU football jersey with the number 15 on it to commemorate Ben Taylor sinking the putt that won LSU the national championship in college golf in 2015. So that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we'll talk with Doug Bell about the Zurich Classic. Sam Burns is in it. There's a whole bunch of good ones. I've always thought it's great as a prep for the Ryder Cup, the President's Cup. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So, our number two straight ahead. This is the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two, and away we go on this Tuesday, April 18th, the year 2023. We've got a lot to get to with my main man, um, James Mesh, sitting in the producer's chair in the EVCO Development Studios. EVCO Development, a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, where you'll find 1037 Lafayette, which is KLWB. We're also on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming everywhere, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can even turn your television set on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32. 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. We get our number two underway. I don't know when it, I can't remember the exact timetable, but golf in New Orleans, I think, did the most incredible, most strategic thing ever by changing their format for the Zurich Classic. Uh, and they've gone to pairs now. A 
and and I just think it. I I really believe it saved the tournament. I think more fans have come out. Sponsorships have increased. Television has gotten better. It's on radio now. I, I think it's been terrific, and it gets underway on Thursday. And you can turn on PGA Radio, and you can listen to our first guest of uh, this hour near and dear friend of mine we've done a lot of things together basically a lot of college basketball games but now he's branched out he's you, you can hear him on pga radio in new orleans at avondale at the zurich classic doug bell kind enough to join us doug i can't thank you enough i know you're busy but i do appreciate your time man how was your trip down to the big easy uh, Jordan, it's, it's been great. Or, or should I say, hey, Blonde Bomber, it's been great. Um, I, I, I can't believe they're going with the old nickname, Jordy. That, that sticks for how long, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, long time ago, big guy. Long, you still got your blonde locks, but this boy, it's changed a little bit. But do you agree with my assessment about yep. how they, by changing the format, I think this is one of the more fun stops on the tour for the tour players. I totally agree. And it was a genius move because I think the folks at Zurich realized where it was always going to fall on the schedule. Kind of that, yep. that, that funny date, you know, after a couple of weeks after the masters, a few weeks before now the PGA championship. I mean, what are we going to do to kind of spice things up? And uh-huh. the two man team competition has definitely done that. Jordy, there's no question. The players really love it. And I know many of the big-name guys would like to play. I know Rahm has played in the past. Uh, but, again, these guys, you know, you have to take a week off here and there. But right. I, the field this week, I think, is terrific, Jordy. I mean, there's some really, really good teams. No question about it. And here's the other thing, I think. And I, and you have a you, you can get a bug in these guys' ears. I don't know who the Ryder Cup captain is this year, but, man – this gives you such a great opportunity to get ahead of the game and kind of mix it and see if you can convince some of these guys, hey, look, you're going to be on the Ryder Cup. Let's get a jump ahead. Let's play together uh, at the Zurich and see how you guys fit and blend and mesh. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you're, you're right on. Zach Johnson, by the way, the Ryder Cup captain, he's playing with Steve Stricker, who now is okay. 53 years old. And that, so that's kind of a – uh, off the radar team, but I mean, Shoffley, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay are the defending champs. They're the yep. favorites, Jordy. And you know, gambling is now big in golf. They're plus three hundred. They're they're the they're the odds-on favorite. Sam Burns, your LSU guy, Ooh. and yep. Billy Horschel, uh, they're plus eighteen hundred. And I think that's a really good team to bet on. So yeah, there's a lot of good names here. And and you, know, you talk Burns and Horschel. They were on the Presidents Cup team. Shoffley, Cantlay were on the. President's Cup team and the previous Ryder Cup team. Uh, yeah, and there's guys trying to make a statement. Um, uh, for example, Keith Mitchell, uh, he, you know, he's a long hitter. Uh, he played at the University of Georgia. He's playing with Sung J.M. And Keith Mitchell, like, wait a minute, I'd like to get in the, I'd like to get in the discussion here. So you're right. Those guys will rub elbows with Zach Johnson. And, it, you know, sometimes it's not uh, what you know, it's who you know, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Even in golf. Absolutely. Uh, Doug Bell, kind enough to join us. So tell me about your role. How, how do you, boy, you got to whisper when you, when you're out there, don't you? Now, how do you do that? <laughs> well, <laughs> Jordy, it's funny. You're pretty good at it, by the way. Um, uh, first off, I love what I do. And I, Jordy, you're not going to believe it. You and I were doing basketball way back when, but I've been doing this now, PGA Tour Radio and also PGA Tour Live. You know, the digital yeah. channel has right. become 
uh, quite popular the last five years or so. But I've been doing it now for 19 years, if you can believe Holy it. And, and really have been there for the Tiger era, which was, I'm just telling you, it was the, one of the most exciting things I can, I've ever been involved with. But I, I'm close to the action, Jordy. We're live on the radio uh, every round for six hours. And I'm within, you know, sometimes 20 feet of these guys. So I have to whisper. And if yeah. you don't, not only will the player let you know, but the caddies, wow, are these guys protected? <laughs> They're like bulldogs, man. They, I mean, they get on you, Jordy. You walk off that green, and they come over, and they get on you. So I have to be very wow. careful. That, that's the whisper. Some people, say it's, some people say it's sexy, Jordy. I don't know. You know. <laughs> Well, I'll leave that to your fiance on that note, big fellow. I'm going to stay away from that. All right, give me the nicest guy on tour that you deal with. Well, um, you know, that's the thing about golf. They're kind of a different breed, right? Um, yeah. And these guys, you know, they're, they play golf. Uh, they're not football guys who get out there and try to bust each other up, uh, and they're not basketball players. I mean, right. you know how competitive that game is. I mean, this is an individual sport, and that's why this team deal is so much fun because – this is the only time they play it during the regular season on the PGA right. Tour. But but these guys are individuals. They grew up all playing golf virtually every day of their lives. And so they're very nice young men. Most of them all went to college. Uh, so, I mean, is the top one of the top guys the nicest guy, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy? Those are the top three guys, Jordy. And yeah. they're all, I mean, they're approachable. Uh, they're they're intellects. You know, they listen to your question and give you these well-thought-out answers and it's fun to be around these guys. I, I like to call them athletes because I appreciate their skill and I yeah. appreciate the work that they put into it. Uh, and so, yeah, I just, um, they are athletes. And if you're asking me the nicest guy, it's hard to pinpoint one, but I will tell you the best three players in the world in the world rankings nice guys. Are, are all pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. That's, that is awesome. No live golfers on this one. How, how did the <laughs> masters go with, um, you know, we saw Brooks Kepka out there um, amongst others. Um, yeah, how did yeah. that, how, how, what was the feeling like about all that? Well, Jordan, I'll tell you, and this, I know this will come as a shock to you, but I think the media over blew the story. Does that shock you that maybe they no, exaggerated some things? No. Um, no, no, because seriously, um, these live guys that have made the decision to jump from the PGA tour to live, they did it for obviously financial reasons. And in some cases we're talking about generational wealth. So yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to argue with that. And, and they're friends with the guys in the PGA tour. I mean, many of them are, are played college golf together. They all practice together, a bunch of them down at the medalist in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, and, and they listen, Brooks Koepka and Rory McIlroy played a practice round together uh, at the Masters, uh, Sergio and John Rahm, they're both from Spain. They were playing practice yeah. rounds together. I mean, these guys are close. And the fact that they jumped ship and a lot of words were spoken and a lot of stories were written and social right. media blew up. Uh, I, I'm, I'm here to tell you the rift between the players. If there is one, I did not see it at the Masters. And, and listen, there's always a personality conflict here or there, no matter what you do. Right. But I, I think for the most part, the players respect each other and the decisions that they made for their families. But, but let me ask you about one player. It just seems different, and maybe it's because of him. But he, boy, he, boy, did he play some golf at that last round? Phil Mickelson. He, it <laughs> seems completely different with him now. I don't get it. Well, I, I tell you, Jordy, and listen, you and I. I mean, I, I know how old you are. You know how old I am. And Phil Mickelson is fifty-two. 
And I had not seen him in a long time. He shows up at the Masters, and I'm like, man. And obviously, he's lost 25 pounds. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's slimmed down. But the fluidity in his swing, Jory, he has not lost any flexibility. I mean, he still brings that club back way wow. over parallel. I mean, yeah. it's it's incredible to see a man that age because all these guys, as they get into their 50s and go to PGA Tour champions, I mean, they you know, you get stiff. You're not as loose mm-hmm. as you used to be, but Phil is. And I, I think whatever happened with Liv and the suspension with the PGA Tour, et cetera, I think we do need to appreciate that this guy is an all-time great, and yeah, he's won 46 times, five major championships, and he did it in the Tiger Woods era. Imagine if Tiger wasn't around, how many more Jeez. tournaments Phil would have won. But yeah. it's good. I was, I was really excited that he played well. I really, really – and it was an unusual week, Jordy, because he shows up and will not do any press conferences. They asked him to. He yeah. said no. He shows up at the Champions Dinner, and Fuzzy Zeller and some of these older champions, they said, you know, Phil didn't say a word. He just kind of sat around and was very quiet. So a little unusual. He talked yeah. a little bit after the nice finish. But, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's kind of weird what has happened to Phil Mickelson. I'm glad that he got some nice publicity after a really nice finish at the Masters. Well, he, he played great. Um, is it over for Tiger? Is he going to have to just go on the, I, I call it the senior tour, and ride a cart? And, and, yeah. and that, is that how he's going to have to play golf from here on out? Well, I tell you, Jordy, you know, he walks out, and, and listen, he still moves the needle. People still get excited. Uh, I mean, the, the TV ratings are incredible when he's on. And it, when he walks out, Jordy, I mean, his physique, uh, these shoulders, uh, I mean, it's like, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's still intimidating, but then you see him walk, and he walks with a distinctive limp uh, yeah. after he plays 18 holes at the end of the round. I mean, it is, it is a serious struggle for him. And obviously he couldn't make it when he got the bad draw, had to, had to come out Saturday morning. And then in the afternoon, he just, he just couldn't play anymore and could, yeah. couldn't finish on Sunday. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think he's pretty much finished. I, I know he's going to try to play the other major championships if his body allows him to. And I, I, right. I don't think it will. I, you know, I, I, he wants to play the U.S. Open because it's an L.A. country club and he's a California guy and it's never been played there in his lifetime, in his career. Mm-hmm. So I think he wants to do that. But that may be all we see him, Jordy. It, it really is. He's a legend. And when you see a legend struggle like that, oh, it's, it's terrible. It's heartbreaking for all of us. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. And But it's golf, so he can keep trying. If you're a football player, you got to give it up. Basketball, time to yeah. retire. These golfers, they keep trying to play. So he'll play a little bit, but not much. We'll see. All right, Doug Bell, what's it take to win the Zurich Classic? <laughs> well, you know, it's that crazy uh, best ball and then alternate shot. And if you've ever played an alternate shot in your, at your club or whatever, wow, it's a it's a crazy Pressure. format because, you know, everybody hits a drive and then you go from there and, you know, your partner may hit it up there six feet. You may miss the birdie. If you get a little pressure the next time. Uh, it's, it's a fun format. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, last year, Shoffley and Cantlay, Ran away with it, Jordy. They just yep. they yep. dominated. It. Nobody ever challenged them. I think it'll be different this year. It'll be tough for them to repeat number one. But there's enough good teams, and I named a bunch of them at the beginning. Where I think I think potentially uh, this thing may go into a playoff on Sunday, and I don't mind staying over one more night in New Orleans. I got no problem with that. <laughs> I'm betting on Burns and Horschel. I did see Get where uh, the opening round for the champs last year. I think they got a 58. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, there's a there's a lot of birdies to get uh, with the with the way these guys play. But man, enjoy your stay. You're the best. Enjoy and remember, Doug Bell. 
Don't get the kids. <laughs> Don't get the kids mad. Be quiet. Thank you, buddy. I Enjoy. Love it. Talk to you soon, Jordy. Bye-bye. You got it. Doug Bell, PGA Radio. Um, kind enough to join us from the Zurich Classic. A lot of fun. And I I, I swear, Zurich and the, the people, the brains behind that tournament saved the tournament. Because if they had done it the way everybody else does, uh, with the with the time that it's played, when it's played, no, none of the big names would come. And you would have nobody there. And sponsors would be fleeing. And they probably would have wrapped it up but now they got great talent it's a fun fun format the players want to be there the purse is high each player gets over a million dollars uh from the win uh so it's brilliant it is brilliant so congratulations to them and thank you doug bell we'll take a quick time out when we come back saints news network and the black and gold report draft is next week next this is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Now you want to take your lady out for a nice dinner, but you're low on cash? No worries. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse, a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. They're both located at the Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We were off last week, but we are back and better than ever. It makes my week when we get to talk football with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. Bob, um, hope you had a great Easter. Thanks for the time today, my friend. Missed you, but uh, here we are, buddy. What's up? Uh, Jordy, I missed you, too. I was wandering around like a lost puppy last week, uh, and happy belated birthday in person. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. The draft is is right around the corner. So with the 20, um, what what are the latest rumblings you're hearing, if anything? The, the Saints are a hard team to predict, right? They could go anywhere with their first pick. They could move up in the draft if they see somebody they want. I mean, they've got tight end. They got eggs defender, safety, running back. I mean, they got all kinds of needs. Um, where are we right here, right now, as we approach that draft next week? <laughs> My friend, your your guess is as good as mine. Uh, yeah. You know, listen, a lot of a lot of us blame Sean Payton for the unpredictability of New Orleans Saints draft, uh, but yeah, as we saw last year, outside of the first round, where I think most most people expected them to you know, go after Penning uh, and you know, end up with Olave, and that's what happened. Uh, 
And outside of that, the Saints went all defense uh, last year uh, to bolster one of the better units in the NFL. Uh, this year, I'm beginning to think they might go the opposite, uh, you know, that they might go defense early, uh, you know, specifically address the defensive line, which is a, is a glaring need, uh, and yeah. then maybe go offense through the, you know, through the middle and end of the draft. Uh, that's just my own personal hunch. Uh, but if you look at the you know, at the players that they're hosting for visits, like you pointed out, they're all over the place. Uh, you yeah. know, quarterback, offensive line, uh, a bunch of wide receivers, uh, a few running backs. So I, I expected more at that position. Uh, you know, uh, and every level of the defense, up to and including cornerback. Um, if there's one thing that we know about the New Orleans Saints, specifically under you know, since Peyton's no longer around, we'll we'll point the finger at, at confusion at Mickey Loomis and Jeff Ireland. Uh, we do know that they stay true to their draft board A and B that they very very that they never uh, move back uh, with their first round pick. And I expect both of those things to play out again yeah. this year. Uh, I would be a little bit surprised if they moved up in the draft because I think that they have several holes to fill uh, and. You know, I, I just think that they want to keep as many of those draft picks as they can. Uh, but if you follow the New Orleans Saints as closely as you and I have over the years, uh, Saints come into this draft with eight draft picks. I would be very, very shocked if they used all eight selections. We're going to see a lot of movement with this team through day two uh, and especially through day three. Um, and uh, I wouldn't discount a move back, but again, it's just not something that we see with this franchise. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to see a player. I know a lot of people are you know, uh, you know, kind of starting to wonder, hey, if Hendon Hooker is there, would they pick him? Uh, I think it'd be tempting, uh, but I also believe that the Saints are gunning with their first three picks, uh, you know, one in the first and then second and third rounds, that they absolutely need immediate contributors. So that's no why doubt. I think the quarterback is a possibility, uh, but it's more likely that they address their more glaring needs. There are some quarterbacks out there. We know that Young and Stroud, I think Levis is going to be better than Stroud personally. Anthony Richardson is the big gamble there. But there's other quarterbacks that are out there that nobody's really talking about that are going to be available later on in the draft. And I want your ideas on some of these. Um, the one that intrigues me because because yeah, of his size, um, his quick release, uh, his winning ability, uh, and that's Stetson Bennett from Georgia. What are your thoughts on him as a fourth or fifth round type of a pick? I to me, and I love Stetson Bennett, uh, Jordy, but to me, fourth or fifth round is a little bit too high for okay. Bennett because of the lack of measurables. Uh, and you know, he doesn't have elite arm strength. He doesn't have prototypical height. Uh, you know, he he's not a track star when he takes off with the football. You know, none of those things. But one thing about Bennett is he's a winner. He. He knows how to manage a game. Uh, you know, in my view, when I looked at his film, I see a player that reads defenses extremely well. Uh, mm-hmm. Always puts his teammates in the right uh, in the position to make the plays when he delivers the football, uh, and he just very very rarely makes mistakes. Uh, I see the same kind of thing out of Max Dugan from TCU when I you know, when I looked at his film. Uh, I think because of the success of Brock Purdy, who of course was not only drafted in the last in the seventh round last right. year, but was Mister Irrelevant. Uh, I think because of that, you're going to see these day three quarterbacks uh, or quarterbacks that are scouted to be day three picks slide up a little bit 
uh, you know, maybe a Bennett or a, or a Dugan or uh, Aiden O'Connell from Purdue, maybe the kind of guy that would go sixth, seventh round or perhaps being undrafted. Teams are now going to reach on that trying to find the next Brock Purdy. So if you are trying to find that, I can't, I can't, I do agree with you that I can see Bennett going in the fourth or fifth round, but if I'm in a position like the New Orleans Saints, uh, and again, you know, needs all over the board, you just signed a quarterback to a $100 million contract. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they shouldn't draft a quarterback, but I'm saying that if I'm making the pick, I wait till later. Uh, but I think Stetson Bennett has a real good chance to be a success in this league. Uh, there's Clayton Toon out of Houston, who's a possibility. We mentioned Dugan. Uh, we mentioned Bennett. Um, there's Jake Hayner from from Fresno, who's a possibility mm-hmm. uh, as well. I mean, there's a bunch of court. Dorian Thompson Robinson out of UCLA is another one that that's a possibility. So there's some out there. It's just, and you mentioned Aiden O'Connell out of uh, Purdue. There's some quarterbacks that nobody's really talking about, but um, I think they got a chance to make make a team in this league, and, and you know you don't know what's going to happen with um, Jameis Winston. Is he going to be there after this year? You need to groom somebody. Maybe the Saints take a flyer. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I certainly wouldn't have a problem with that if they do, uh, because like you said, you know, Jameis Winston's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, you know, Derek Carr, uh, he's 32 years old, uh, but he takes care of himself really well. So I, I, I'm not worried about his age, uh, but I am worried about what if he what if he's not a fit in New Orleans? Now I think he will be. Obviously, the Saints think he will be. Uh, but they're sort of hedging their bets here. Uh, you know, if he doesn't work out in two or three years, then what do you do? Uh, then you're back to square one. Um, but if you like, if the Saints, like you suggested, uh, you know, reach for a Bennett or Dugan or any of those other quarterbacks that you mentioned in this draft, and all of them have intriguing skill sets, uh, you know, with a, with a day three pick, uh, you know, and you don't expect day three picks, uh, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders uh, to be immediate contributors. Frankly, you're lucky if you get if you get players that are uh, able to contribute at all. So I'm yes. not saying it's a throwaway pick, uh, but it's definitely a developmental part of the draft. And if you manage to hit on that, uh, you have a quarterback on a rookie deal uh, you know that you know, that maybe you can develop and maybe he's going to turn out to be a surprise I mean you're not only you, you look at Purdy Dak Prescott I believe was a fourth rounder uh, you know, Tony Romo was undrafted altogether uh, you know, the, and you know, obviously Tom Brady a seventh rounder so you know, although the list is short I certainly don't discount the possibility of maybe finding a guy who perfectly fits your system or slips under the radar of all these scouts because they don't have a prototypical height or arm strength or speed. That doesn't mean they can't play the game. So, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not against that whatsoever. If, you know, if the Saints see a quarterback that they really, really like uh, you know, on day three, even if it's early on, I say go for it and try to develop them. Let's go over some names after this timeout of who might be available at number 29. I'll throw one out there. We'll get uh, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network scouting report because he looks at tape of all these players, and he'll give us uh, the idea this guy is worthy of that position or not after this timeout, the Black and Gold Report Part 2 next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
It's another two-for-one deal from AcadianaDeals.com. Today, you can get a $15 voucher to Pizza Artista for only $7.50. That's a $15 voucher, and you'll get it for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com to get a $15 voucher to Pizza Artista for only $7.50. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. You simply the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We continue part two of the Black and Gold Report with the Saints News Network's very own Bob Rose. Bob, you guys can't seem to agree on anything. <laughs> you did your um, your mock draft for the Saints, uh, your second one, between yourself and uh, John Hendricks and Ross Jackson and um, – my boy, uh, Kyle Mosley, and y'all can't agree on anything. I mean to tell you, uh, it's so funny. I love it. Um, that's what makes it good. You guys speak and uh, go to your own beat of your own drum. You selected with the first pick defensive tackle Maisie Smith or Mozzie Smith from Michigan. What intrigues you about him? Uh, first of all, I see what the Saints did against the run last year, uh, especially uh, you know, interior runners, uh, and they struggled mightily. I know they brought in Saunders. I know they brought in Shepard, a defensive tackle in free agency, and I love those pickups. But Smith just looks like a guy to me that is going to develop into an every-down inside threat. Uh, you know, he, he's going he's gonna to be a run stuffer immediately. That's going to be his immediate impact for the defense. Uh, but I see a guy who has a very explosive first step for a man his size. He is very light on his feet, and uh, you know, I see a good change of direction athlete, uh, you know, and a guy with upside as a pass rusher. So if he could develop that and uh, and develop, and you know, potential gets coaches fired. I realize that. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so I keep talking about his potential to grow as a pass rusher, and I like that. Uh, but again, I see a player that's going to contribute for me immediately. Immediately, at least on a, a first two down basis, uh, which mm-hmm. is going to keep that you know that interior rotation fresh uh, with Saunders, Shepard. They brought uh, Malcolm Roach back, uh, you know, and you know, Mozzie Smith just looks like a guy who could be a potential beast at the NFL level. What separates him from a guy that I see a lot of mock drafts having along in the same position, but from Clemson, Brian Breesy? What, um, what what's the difference between those two that you see? I don't get me wrong. Breesy is a solid player, uh, and you see a lot of Saints fans have been falling in love with uh, Cansey, the defensive tackle from Pitt. Uh, but yeah, Maisie has, uh, and I hopefully I'm permitted to use this term. Uh, Maisie has more junk in the trunk. Uh, yeah, he is going to yeah. set a better base, uh, you know, than uh, you know, than either Breesy uh, or Cansey. Those two, I I hate to call a defensive lineman a finesse player, uh, but you know, Smith just plays with more raw power than either one of those guys. Uh, Breesy or Cansey, I think, is going are, are going to give you better upside and better immediate impact as pass rushers. Uh, but if I want to shore up a run defense that frankly was abysmal at times last year, I want a guy like Smith uh, uh, slightly over those other two 
Uh, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Um, our buddy, John Hendricks, um, likes the tight end Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know if he's going to be around at number 29, um, but um, what's your scouting report on him? I, I Look, I think every good quarterback now, for that quarterback to be really good, if not great, he needs a, a tight end. That's just the way football yeah. is. You see Mahomes. You see some of these others. Um, I don't know if the Saints – I don't think the Saints have that. Is Kincaid that kind of player? I, Jordy, I don't know that he is. Uh, Kincaid is a heck of a pass catcher. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And he's the kind of guy that you can line up uh, in the slot. And you can line up even you know, out wide uh, as a traditional wide receiver. And he's going he's, he's gonna to be able to execute the full route tree for you. He's got the athleticism to make plays downfield. He's got wonderful hands. Uh, but I'm looking at him as a blocker. Uh, and, and he doesn't really offer much more upside, if any more upside, than what a guy like Jawan Johnson can give the Saints, uh, and uh, and I think I, I do think the Saints are going to address the tight end in this draft, but I think it's going to be in a later round, uh, you know, with a guy that's going to be able to come off of the line as a receiver, line up wide in the slot, but most importantly for Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael, be able to contribute as a blocker in the run game, and I don't see Kincaid being able to do that immediately. Uh, his medicals concern me a little bit. He was really banged up for Utah last year uh you know was really limited in off-season workouts now he's he's going to be uh, cleared in time for a, a full schedule uh we're hearing in may uh but given the other issues that the saints have had with injuries the last two or three yeah. years uh i don't know if i want to uh, i want to pursue a guy if he's still on the board like you said don't know if i want to pursue a guy that has questionable medicals coming in uh dalton kincaid has the potential to be a really really good player uh but i throw this out to you too When's the last time I, I realized Kyle Pitts had a 1,000-yard season as a rookie tight end? But outside of that, there's only been two tight ends in NFL history to have a 1,000-yard rookie, uh, rookie campaign. That's been Pitts and Mike Dicka. Most yeah. of the time, and you look at the stats, even Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, the other top tight ends in the league right now, most of the time it takes them a year or two uh, right. to, to really get integrated to the NFL game. I think Dennis Allen, for his job security, needs a guy that's going to contribute right now. And I like mm-hmm. the depth of the tight end position in this draft. Uh, I'm not saying that you know, John is out of his mind or anything. No, I, I see what he likes in Kincaid as a player. If I'm on the board making that pick, I pass and go another position, though. And maybe uh, Luke Musgrave from Oregon mm-hmm. State's available down the road, but he he's kind of a projection. He missed 10 games last season, didn't have a ton of yeah. college production, but apparently he's pretty good and all like that. Uh, so if you go defensive tackle first round with the 29th pick, what do you do? 11 picks later at number 40 what kind of what do you what position are you looking for there uh, I'll tell you, and uh, I've had this discussion with people, and it ref- I reflected it in my first mock draft uh, you know, a few weeks ago. If I do go defensive tackle, who, with a position that has very good depth, in my opinion, uh, 
then I still have to address edge rusher. I want to address a physical wide receiver, physical pass catcher, which could be a tight end too. Uh, so obviously they're going to stay true to their draft board, but you got to bring in an edge rusher, uh, Jordy. Uh, you know, Cam Jordan is no spring chicken. Right. Pass and, you know, Granderson are not going to be you know, mistaken for perennial pro bowlers anytime soon. Uh, you know, a kid, kid from Northwestern uh, I really like, and he might even go in the first round. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sneeze a, uh, the Saints drafted him 29th overall. Uh, Adam Awori uh, from Northwestern uh, could be a guy that's on the board uh, at 40. Uh, maybe you take a, a flyer on a project or a, on a, a freak athlete like Keon White from Georgia Tech uh, or Uzoma from Kansas State. So I think even Isaiah Foskey, who I had in the first round of my first mock draft from Notre Dame, if he falls to 40, which is a distinct possibility, uh, any of those guys are there, I snatch them up. Uh, and I, you know, I, I get I get an inside outside combo for my defensive line with a lot of youth and a lot of yeah. athleticism and size. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm looking at that position if any of those guys are available in the second I'll, round. I love getting a, a pass rusher. I be, I agree with the interior defensive lineman, and then at number seventy one, I'm going after the best wide receiver, a big dude that I can get, because um, I think they need some help there, whether that's a tight end or a wide receiver. Um, Alave had 72 pec- uh, receptions as a rookie. No other Saint receiver had more than Rashid Shahid's 28 catches. Michael Thomas, we pray, is going to be back healthy. But I think the Saints need another outside threat. Personally, um, I go, I go, I go pass rusher, defensive lineman, whatever order you get, whoever is the best there, and then I go get me a wide receiver, whether it's a a pass catcher, whether it's a tight end or a wide receiver. That's my that's my first three picks. Who who out there at seventy one you think is going to be available that can be an impactful player at the receiver position? Uh, and I agree with you. I think if the Saints do go wide receiver at any point in the first two days of this draft, I do think it's going to be someone with size. Uh, because let's face it, I love Michael Thomas, but you can't trust his health no. right now. Uh, and you know we've seen what this offense becomes when he's on the sideline. Uh, a guy like Cedric Tillman would be a guy I would love if the Saints grabbed in even the second round. I don't think he's going to be there by the third. Uh, you know, so at that point, uh, you know, you're looking at guys. Uh, you know, like Jonathan Mingo, uh, you know, who uh, a huge athlete, uh, but not real productive at, uh, at Lane Kiffin's, uh, Kiffin's Mississippi Rebel squad. Uh, mm-hmm. Two guys I absolutely love. A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. You watch this yeah. kid. I think he's going to be an absolute stud in the NFL. Uh, or maybe a guy like Xavier Hutchinson uh, from Iowa State, who the Saints did work out. They brought him in for uh, one of their official visits. Uh, both those guys go 6'3", about the t- six Two six three range about the two ten, uh, you know two ten or so. Uh, you know about uh, as far as weight, uh, they're fast. Uh, they're not just plodding. Uh, you know, plodding along through those middle zones. They can beat defenses downfield. Uh, so yeah, if any of the, either of those two guys are on the board, uh, you know, if I'm New Orleans, I'm adding some physicality to that receiving core. So we've taken care of uh, defensive tackle. We've got an edge rusher. We've got a wide receiver. I guess after that, got to find a running back, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's an underneeded, underrated need going into this draft. Yeah, I don't know who's going to be out there. I love the kid from Tulane, but I think he's done too well. I don't think he's going to be around that late. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but um, 
I don't know where you go. I know you can find running backs, but uh, who's out there that you think might last till till the Saints have gone through three rounds already? A uh, kid that I absolutely – in fact, one of my favorite players in this draft is Chase Brown, the running back from Illinois. Uh, I watch Brown's film, and he reminds me a little bit of Mark Ingram when he runs with the football and a little bit like Pierre Thomas when he catches the football. He is that good. Uh, and you know, because he doesn't have 4-3 you know, speed uh, and because you know, he, he had wonderful collegiate production but comes from an Illinois program that's still kind of building itself up, I think that that's the type a kid that could be available late in day three or early in day four. Uh, and that's about the, t- the the draft range where you see the Saints make moves almost every year. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, if they see a, a prospect that they like as that day, you know, day two, uh, round three is winding down, maybe they trade a couple picks to move up and get a Chase Brown uh, or a Zach Charbonnet, another guy I love from UCLA. Uh, Israel Banacanda could still be there from uh, University of Pittsburgh. Uh, I agree with with you. I'd love to see Spears uh, in a Saints uniform, uh, but I think he's going to go a little bit too high. Uh, and too. Uh, unless all the pass catchers, tight ends and receivers that the Saints have high on their draft board are gone by that third round, I, I agree with you that I think the Saints wait until day three, especially with all the success this franchise has had with backs in later rounds or even undrafted. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, Charbonnet, Chase Brown, uh, a couple of guys I love. Abana Kanda is another guy to keep an eye on running back in my opinion, has good depth in this draft. Uh, you know, and the Saints aren't going to feel the need to force a pick because they did sign Jamal Williams. But having said that, I still think with the pending six-game suspension, at least six-game suspension yeah. to Alvin Kamara, they realize yeah. it's a need. So it's going to be a guy that's had a productive career collegiately on the ground uh, that can maybe get outside uh, for you and catch some passes, too. Uh, you get a guy like that, and any of those guys that we just mentioned are ca- at least showed in college that they were capable of doing that. Uh, you get a guy like that, and you, know, you could feed Jamal Williams the rock while you know, while Kamara is out on his, uh, we'll call it a league vacation. Yeah, uh, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. What's the general consensus overall um, from all of you experts about the strength of this draft? What, what's the general? Is this going to be a really good draft? Is it kind of weak here and there? What's the consensus? I we pretty, we pretty much all agree that uh, you know that it lacks the elite star power at the top. Uh, that's why you so see so many different uh, you know, so many different selections even in the top ten of this draft uh, you know nationally. Uh, but even though it lacks maybe the star power. Uh, I think it has great depth, and I think it has great depth at multiple positions. Uh, Fortunately for the Saints, most of those are at positions of need for this franchise. I love Mm -hmm. the depth at running back. I think the depth at tight end is very underrated. Uh, Again, you don't have an Alave or a Garrett Wilson maybe at wide receiver in this draft, but it still looks to me like you can get a good one, uh, a bona fide uh, producer uh, in in day three. Uh, We talked 
talked about the strength and depth at defensive tackle. If the Saints pass at defensive tackle in the first round, fans, Saints fans, don't go, uh, don't go screaming and pounding your table just yet, uh, because I think that that's a position that New Orleans could get very good value in the second, third, maybe even fourth round. Uh, yeah, so those are the positions that I think that this draft is deepest, uh, and that's also one of the reasons why I would be surprised to see the Saints trade any of this year's picks in those middle rounds to move up mm-hmm. in the first round. I think they're going to take advantage of the depth at these positions. He is Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. He is the best. You sound a little hooked. You must be doing a lot of radio shows and TV shows and <laughs> uh, and all that stuff. But look, this draft is going to come to a close. But next week, we're going to get Bob Rose's uh, mock draft. We're going to get his final um, Saints picks. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. But I'm telling you, mark my word, Will Levis is going to be a stud in the NFL. Just I'm telling you right here, right now, he's going to be the guy. Trust me. Oh, let's let's hope he doesn't go to Tampa Bay then. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, Bob, thank you so much, man. Great to have you back again. Um, take care. Keep keep grinding, big fella. Keep grinding. Yeah, sleep is overrated. Uh, but been a pleasure to, uh, with you, my friend. I missed you last week. Uh, glad you're back. Can't wait to talk again. You got it, my friend. Bob Burrows, Saints News Network with the Black and Gold Report. We're back with some birthday wishes, including a Saints Hall of Famer. Next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And we're brought to you each and every day by the great folks at ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. Over 60 in southern and central Louisiana. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, <laughs> yeah, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and permanent fat reduction. Eon, three locations, Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli. Tucked away in the corner, best cheeseburger ever. And by Cajun Chef. Do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a steak. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back. Let's go over the lineup tonight. 6.30, Tigers, Raging Cajuns, baseball at the box. Pre-game, 6 o'clock. First pick, 6.30, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Three games in the NBA playoffs tonight. The Hawks and the Celtics, game two. Knicks and the Cavs, game two. Clippers, Suns, game two in their best of seven series. So there you go. Special thanks. Matthew Bruni, BengalTigerOn3.com, Doug Bell, PGA Golf Radio, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. We appreciate them. If today is your birthday, April 18th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share yours with great baseball player Miguel Cabrera is 39 years old. Great basketball player. The little one, Nate Tiny Archibald. I can't believe he is 75 years old today. 
MVP of the league, six foot tall, left-hander, did it all. And for the New Orleans Saints, the Hall of Famer, Willie Rofe, is 53 years old today. Uh, Michael Huguenin will join us tomorrow. Hump Day with Huguenin. We cap some of the SEC spring games. He watched them all. He'll give us his viewpoint. Who's going to be the QB in t- in uh, in T-Town, in Bama? Uh, that and much, much more coming your way tomorrow. Um, James Mesh, thank you so much from your producer's chair. Great job. Thanks to all of you for listening in, whatever form or fashion that you did. Thanks to our partners. You know, we couldn't do it without you. Tune in tomorrow, Wednesday, same time, 2 to 4, same great stations, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another. And, hey, be happy. Life is short. Up next, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. So long, everybody. Have a great day.